Uh, we're going to continue to worship the Lord with our gifts and our tithes and our offerings this morning. And before the ushers come around, uh, I just want to say this. Once again, if you missed last week when Pastor Abraham was here with us, hey, Brett, you're caught right there. Don't move. There you go. Getting to do all kinds of things for the first time this week. Getting it all packed in. Well, if you were missed last week, you need to go to our website, radianta2.com. On the top right, there's listen, and you need to go and listen to what he said because it was incredible, and uh, so many people's lives were touched and changed by that. So go and listen to that. And then what we're doing is we're partnering with him, as we have been since the day that we were started. Um, and what we're doing right now is we're helping him buy mo- more bicycles for the pastors here because the average pastor that he has walks about 20 miles a day which takes them about six and a half hours to do that walking. That's a lot of walking. We complain about Ann Arbor traffic if it co- like, takes us 10 minutes longer to get somewhere. Six and a half hours a day of walking. So by purchasing bicycles for the 320 passengers that still don't have them, we're able to save them about four hours a day of travel time, which uh, if we buy all 320 equals almost a half million hours that we will save them over the course of the next 10 years, which is the expected lifespan of these bicycles. Now, what can you do with a half million more hours to preach the gospel and minister to people? That's insane. For $32,000 over 10 years, we'll be able to save that much time to reach more people with the love of Jesus. So I said, that's incredible. We should definitely do that. I was sitting in the front row, and I'm thinking about this, and I'm getting nervous. I'm like, 32 grand is a lot of money. And I was like, God, should we do this? He's like, yup. And I'm like, okay, because we're going to do it. And so over the course of the next year, we're going to try to come up with that 32000 to buy the 320 bicycles, and I'll come up with some kind of graphic to show where we're at as we're going through it. But last week, already, we were able to get 55 bikes for him. So that's an incredible start. Thank you for your generosity. And he's like, oh, Pastor Jeremy, you've done it again. I love Radiant Church. And so... He keeps coming back, and we're grateful for that. So, Father, uh, as we give today, we're so grateful for everything that you're doing here, that you're doing in us, God, that you're doing in our city. God, what we're able to see you doing in our nation and even all the way around the world. And this morning, we pray specifically for these pastors and the nation of India, Jesus, that you would be their strength, that you would be their provision, Lord, that you would be their protection. God, that you would continue to speak encouragement to their hearts. And Jesus, that as they receive these bicycles, uh, it says, how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. Jesus, that there would be beautiful feet that are pedaling all across the north of India, God, and into every region, proclaiming the love of Jesus. God, we pray that there would be people who are set free. God, we pray for miraculous uh, healings to take place. We pray for salvation, Jesus. We pray that you would continue to change an entire nation through what you're doing, through these people who are unsung heroes of the faith. And Jesus, as they lay their lives down, would you continue to lift them up and would Jesus be lifted high in that nation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as it's coming around, uh, man, this is this is a really weird week for me because this is our last meeting that we're having in the Rave Theater. And, <laughs> yeah, see, like, I'm, it's an emotional roller coaster for me because I'm like, yes, we're getting out of here. And I'm like, oh, we're leaving. You know, it's one of those things. So this is our whole history. This is where we have been. Four and a half years ago when we started here, it's amazing me to look around because there are 50 of us. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I am the worst pastor in the entire world. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? But what's happened is I figured out is it's not about me, so that's a, big, that's a big learning curve right there. And to see what it is that God has done in Radiant Church over the last four and a half years at this movie theater has been absolutely incredible. 
And with this next chapter that we're moving into, what God did to provide this building for us is miraculous in and of itself. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I remember when uh, they told us that they're putting in the stadium or the reclining seats in here and they're going to lose half our seats. And I was like, oh, Jesus, what is going to happen here? Like, I can't preach good enough to keep people awake when they're laid flat back in their seats. <laughs> and then, like, we don't have enough room for our people anyway, so, like, what's going to happen? And so we start looking around, and I'm looking, and I don't find anything that's any good at all. And then I find this building, and I'm like, that's awesome. Like, how much do you want? And they told me, and I'm like, nice to meet you guys. Like, have a great life. <laughs> we'll catch you later. And then, you know, how God worked it out, that the price came down, and we're able to, like, a bank was like, yeah, we'll loan you money. And I'm thinking, yes, we're a good investment. Like, give us money. Don't check anything. Just write the check for us. And, and how God increased our giving last year, so we're able to save for it, which was completely unexpected. And then when I came to you all on January 29th and said, hey, we're going to get a new building, and I'm casting vision for it, I'm like, the only catch is we need, like, 150 grand in 14 days. And, you know, what you do is you get up here and you put on a smile and you're just full of faith. But what I'd done, I'm like a politician. I'd already prepared my concession speech as well. <laughs> like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. We're going to have reclining seats and it's going to be awesome. I don't know what I was thinking trying to get out of here. But I was thinking, like, Jesus, I'm putting all of my leadership capital on the line in doing this. But I know that you've called us to do this. I have no idea how it's going to happen. Well, I went there and I shared what it was that God was providing for us and you all gave so much. And in 14 days, we had everything. We went like $500 over what it was that we needed to, to get this building. So that's just miraculous provision. My realtor was like, I'm wasting my time with you. And I'm like, no, really, you're not. Uh, their realtor was like, we're wasting our time with you. And I'm like, no, seriously, it's going to work out. And God came and he did it and everybody was blown away by it. And it's just really a sign that God is in this. There are times that we can do something in and of our own ability. And we're like, oh yeah, God definitely wants us to do this. And we go and we do it and we find out, oh, I made a mistake. There's no way that's even an option here because we couldn't do what it took to get into this building. It was completely God's miraculous provision. He's been in it the whole way through. And I am so grateful for everything that God has done here. I mean, lives have been changed what Jesus has done here has been absolutely beyond anything I ever imagined or even hoped for, what he could do here. But he did it. And now he's setting the stage for the next chapter of what we're going into. And this is what I, uh, the blessing that God has given us in this new home to call our own is a great blessing for us. Nobody believes that more than my set up and tear down people. <laughs> like they are, it was so funny. This morning, usually when we come and we set up and we tear down, we're drinking coffee, and we're just going like, hey, how's it going, you know, and doing our stuff. And I was like, hey, everybody, how's it going? Like people, <laughs> Adam Hoskins, who is our, our tech director, he's like, hey, how's it going? He's like, hey, everybody, you know, he's all jacked up because like we're going into a new place for him. So it was just cool to see the excitement that is, did I really just skip across the stage? <laughs> I need that rewind button on life. But anyways, I'm trying to say something. I don't know what. But God has done this, and everybody's excited about it. And it's not just for us, though. This is what I want us to realize going into this, is that this provision isn't just our provision. It is for the 200 of us that are gathering here on Sunday mornings. But even more than that, it's for the thousands of people in our city 
that don't yet love Jesus, that don't understand how much Jesus loves them and what it is that he's done to bring them into his family. They don't understand the love and the acceptance, the forgiveness that Jesus has. They don't understand the purpose and the plans that he has for them. So I'm so grateful for all of us that we're moving into a new home, but this is a home that's bigger. It's a room where more space has been prepared because there are more people that need to come into this, that need to become a part of the family of God. And so that's what I'm more excited about than anything is that Jesus is leading us into a new season and things are going to change quickly for us as Radiant Church. We are going to grow. It is, and like, get ready for it. And we need your help in it because there are so many people who are so far from Jesus. And Jesus laid down his life Every barrier has been removed. The price has been paid so that they can receive all of the blessings that Jesus has to give them. What Jesus has done in our lives, he can do in theirs. The love that we've experienced in Jesus is the same love that every single person on this planet was created to experience. And so as we're moving into this, we need to remember, God, thank you that you've provided this for us, but we know it's not just for us. If it was just for us, he would have kept us here. But he's taking us somewhere so that more people can come in and be a part of his family. And that's the mindset that we have to keep in this. I was talking to Abraham on Sunday uh, having lunch. And anytime I get to meet with an incredible leader, I always have my little journal and I have questions that I've been thinking about ahead of time that I want to ask him. So one of the things that I asked him was, Abraham, how was it that you, you grew this and you were able to do so much for the kingdom? Obviously, you were able to, to keep that, like something going. Whatever it was that God did in your heart when you were living on the streets of India, somehow that kept going. So even now, as we've seen success, it's continuing to happen. How, how do you do that? Because that's what I want for Radiant Church. And he told me, he said, Radiant Church is doing the right thing. He said that you guys, you have the right heart, the spirit is right here. He said, but you need to make sure that doesn't change. He told me that the temptation, and even sometimes it happens without you thinking about it, is that as you continue to experience success or you experience growth and different things like that, it's easy for your heart to start to wander away from what it was that drove you to the place that you are right now. It's easy for your heart to get comfortable and to start going after other things instead of being focused on Jesus and reaching people with the power and the love of Jesus. And he told me, Jeremy, you need to make sure that your heart never changes and you need to make sure that the heart of Radiant Church never changes, that you're here because you're going to reach the lost, you're going to proclaim the gospel, you're going to train and equip the Christians to go out and to do the work of the ministry, to be partners with Christ Jesus in the ministry of reconciliation. And as long as we do that, we're going to continue to grow and to be healthy. And that's my biggest concern is we're going to grow, but we need to make sure that we're growing in Christian maturity. We need to make sure that we're growing in health as a body, as believers, as individuals. And as long as we do that, we're going to walk into everything it is that God has for us. Because God's willing. God's able. He's just waiting on us. And so as he continues to bring increase to us, it's like the parable of the talents. He says, I'm giving you something, and I want to see what you do with it. God gave us 50 people to pastor and to train and to equip. 
and we were faithful. And then he increased it to 75, and we trained, and we equipped, and we loved. We were faithful, and then he grew it, and he grew it. And now we're at 200, and we have to get out of here because we need more room. And as we're at this place now, as God brings us more people, and he takes us to 300, 400, 500, it's going to continue to be the test of God saying, I'm giving you more people. I'm giving you more people who are lost, who are hurting, who are broken. Are you going to love them? Are you going to make a place for them? Are you going to accept them? Are you going to bring them in? Are you going to allow me to be the one who changes them? And are you going to train them, equip them, and empower them to live the life that I've called them to and to go out and to do the work of the church to make more disciples? Are we going to put that heart for the lost and others that are coming in to join us? That's going to be the test for us as we move into this next season. And as I was preparing the message this week, uh, this is the sixth message that I prepared, and I probably would have done another one if I'd had more time, but uh, I was, this is what God's been speaking to me, as we're moving into this incredible blessing that God has given us, as we're moving into the next season and the next phase of Radiant Church, as we continue to progress towards the fulfillment of the vision that he's put in our hearts. Um, one of the, the verses, or actually the sections of, of Scripture that God's been really speaking to me from has been through Deuteronomy chapter 8. And what's happening in Deuteronomy chapter 8 is the people of Israel have been delivered from bondage and slavery in Egypt. And now, you know, God's miraculously freed them, took them out into the desert, and for 40 years, he's been preparing their hearts to walk into the land of promise that he spoke to them over 400 years ago. So they're out there, and they're excited. They're getting ready to go in. They're almost there. They're at the River Jordan. It's the day that they're crossing over the river into the land that God's been speaking to them for over 400 years and Moses gives his last address before he passes on into eternity. He's giving them the last bit of advice, the last encouragement, and the last warning before they walk into this blessing that God's given them. And it says in chapter 8, verses 6 through 18, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out of valleys and hills. And that sounds really good after 40 years in the desert. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. This is kind of the key to this whole passage. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you've become full and prosperous, have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. As, these, as Israel's preparing to walk into this incredible land of blessing, 
God is telling them to be very careful. Now, you usually think that it's in the hard times where we need encouragement, when life is tough, when we're going through the loss of someone, when things are financially hard for us, when we don't understand something that's occurring. We think that's when we need to be careful, right? Because that's when we're tempted to walk away from Jesus. But the reality is that when we're going through hard times, we're often drawn or propelled to God. We realize that we don't have the strength, that we don't have the wisdom, that we don't have the provision for ourselves. So now I have to go to God. He's the only one who is my hope. I can't do this on my own. The temptation can come in thinking that maybe God has abandoned us. But the temptation in hard times usually isn't to walk away or forget about God. It's in the time of blessing. It's when life is really good. It's when we're walking into just the incredible, miraculous provision of the Lord. And it's easy to forget that he's the one that provided all this for us. Human nature is to look at everything we're doing and think, yeah, I'm pretty good. Like, I'm glad God made me so awesome so I can do all of these great things. We look at our, our retirement funds and we say, yeah, I've done a good job. Like, I'm going to be okay in retirement. Or we look at our careers and how we've advanced through that or, or whatever it is that maybe that you've been doing. And when we're doing really well at something, the temptation is to forget that God's the one who created us, that God's the one who put breath in our lungs, that he's the one that put the talents and the abilities and the gifts inside of us, that he's the one that opened up the doors of opportunity for us to even walk through, that all of this that we're experiencing, we would not have without him. It was just God alone who made that possible for us. He's the one that gave us the power to be successful. He's the one that gave us the power and the ability to walk into what it was that he created us for and what it is that he's called us into. It's honestly not about us. It's about God. It's about what he's done. Even your abilities and giftings that you're using, that's all about what God has done. You didn't give yourself gifts. You didn't make yourself. Uh, none of My kids haven't figured this one out yet. They think that they've just always been existing. But I'm like, no, we made you. <laughs> like, you know who I am? I made you. And we do that same thing with God. It's like, I don't, we completely forget that we were created by him and that we were created for him and for his purposes. And so as we're walking into blessing, it, for us as a church right now, it's really important for us to remember this because we're walking into blessing and we don't want that blessing to be something that we don't remember it was God who provided all of this. We don't want to think that God's provided this for our own purposes, but that God provided this miraculously by his hand and for his purposes. We can never forget that as we walk into this. But that'll be the temptation. It's true in your own life as well, in your personal life, and whatever it is that you're doing. In the hard times, we go to Jesus, like, Jesus, I need you. But when the times are great, like, Jesus, oh yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, Jesus is cool, we're all right. But we just completely forget about him. And so what God is telling us is that if we want to continue to live humbly, if we want to continue to live in recognition of who God is and what he's done, that number one, we need to remember what God has done in Radiant Church. I'm reminded of this every single day, that I didn't build this church, and it's not built on me. It's been built in spite of me, but Jesus is the one who built this church. All of the leaders that are in this church, I'm so grateful for them, that God has, has given us these incredible people. I'm so grateful for my incredible wife who's been my partner in all of this, and is just as incredible of a woman, is just a, a person as there is. I could not do this without her. 
but it wasn't about us. It wasn't about any of the leaders in Radiant Church. This wasn't even my idea. I never would have planted a church in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I never would have planted a church. I was going to be a rock star. And <laughs> that, but Jesus wanted me to plant a church, which are you know, pretty similar things. And so you know, I'm 14 years old, and God calls me to be a pastor. That wasn't my idea. That was what God said I want you to do. So then I'm 31 years old, and we're finally starting the church. And that's 17 years of me fighting it, resisting it, doing everything I can not to be doing what it is that I'm doing. And finally giving in and saying, all right, God, I'll plant a church. I heard Honolulu is awesome. And like, I'm looking around like, that's my ticket out of Michigan, right? I'm getting out of here. I'm going to the mountains. I'm going to a beach, maybe a mountainous beach somewhere. And God says, I want you to go to Ann Arbor. And I'm like, awesome. There's less snow there at least. But then God did something inside of my heart. And this is the only place that I want to be. I want to vacation other places, but this is the only place that I want to live. This is a place that I want to die here someday, hopefully later than sooner. But I want to spend my life here doing everything that I can to help other people know Jesus. That was God's work in me. No 14-year-old says, I want to go be a church planner in Ann Arbor and you know, die there someday. That was God's work. It was his idea in all of this. And what God has done here has been absolutely miraculous. Now, there were three ARC churches in this area, association-related churches. We partnered with them. They have a 96% success rate in church planning. It's insane. Their systems, their processes, their screening, all of that. They're the most successful church planning operation in the country, maybe in the world. And we were ARC church plant number three in this area, and we're the only ones left standing. In 2012, when we started this church, uh, there were something like 10 churches that were in the process of planting. We're the only ones left standing. And it's not because of us. It's because of Jesus. And I'm reminded of that daily. The fact that we're here and that we have grown is a testament to who God is and what it is that he's done. When I think about the things that God's done inside of us as Radiant Church, when I think about, uh, we have a gentleman who was a Muslim and God gave him a miraculous vision in the sky that led him to the place of where he accepted Jesus. It's like, that was God. That had nothing to do with you or me or anybody else. That was just Jesus miraculously revealing himself to people. We've had people that were atheists, agnostic, uh, Hindus, uh, Buddhists, who have come and they've been like, God is here, and it's opened up their heart, and they've left the old way that they were living, and they've received new life from Jesus. That's not because of you. It's not because of me or anybody else. That's because of the work that Jesus himself is doing in Radiant Church, and that's miraculous. When I think about the different healings that we've seen, I remember the first miracle that we saw over here was we were praying for a woman that had a tongue tumor, and it was cancerous, and they were going to remove her tongue and would never be able to speak again. And we prayed for her, never even met the woman. We were in Richland still. We prayed from Richland for this woman in Ann Arbor. And I remember that God spoke to me and gave me the verse where David's talking about, yet in the land of the living, I will praise the Lord my God. And I felt like that God gave me this to pray over this woman I had never met, but that had asked for prayer in the city that I was moving to. And we prayed for that prayer for her, and we believed in faith. She goes in for the surgery, wakes up, still has a tongue, and the surgeons say, we have no idea how to explain this, but there was no tumor there. That's beyond any of us. We can't do that. 
When I think about the other healings that we've seen, it's just miraculous. When I think about the salvations we've seen, when I think about the marriages that we've seen that God has saved, marriages where people were divorcing, uh, marriages where people were, you know, affairs were going on, and just like where there was just like terrible emotional abuse and different things going on. It looked like there was no way that this marriage could be saved, and Jesus stepped in, and he brought healing. He brought reconciliation and forgiveness and the marriages are going on and they're stronger than they've ever been before. That's just the miraculous work of God. You know, even when we see some things that are pretty tragic, when we see someone that isn't healed and they get sick and they die, when we see a marriage where it isn't saved and divorce occurs and there's a hurt of that, still the way that we've seen Jesus come and enter into that situation and walk alongside people and preserve them because loss and divorce are things that can destroy a life, that can absolutely destroy you. But Jesus has come and miraculously walked alongside people as they went through it and he's brought healing to their hearts and he's preserved them, and he's restored them. That's the miraculous work of Jesus. That's not anything that we can do. When I think about uh, people, what's happening in our, our uh, different small groups, and the community that people are finding, the love, the support, the encouragement, the accountability, the growth that's happening inside of them, that's just the work of Jesus. And if you're not in a group, you absolutely should go get in a group. We have on our website, you can find our different groups at our info table. We have a list of the groups. You need to be in a group because what Jesus is doing in our groups is absolutely incredible and it's beyond any of our leaders. Our leaders are all awesome, but Jesus is even more awesome and able to do more things in those groups than any of our leaders ever could. When I think about uh, what God's done in Ford ELC, opening up doors for us there to be able to go and to bless the staff there, to be able to bless the, the families that attend there, that's just something that Jesus has done. Remember when the mayor of Ypsilanti recognized us as a friend of the city? Where did that come from? Just got a phone call one day saying, hey, I heard about what you guys have done. We want you to come to a meeting so we can recognize Radiant Church as a friend of the city. That's just the work of Jesus. That wasn't anything we could have done. When I think about what God's done uh, you know, with us to be able to support Pastor Abraham and the Babors specifically, it's just miraculous. Miraculous generosity has been poured out so we can see God do amazing things. And as we're walking into, well, think about This is a big miracle too. We have a church that didn't die and grew in a movie theater. <laughs> and now, the miracle of the provision of this new building. What blessing we have encountered in the four and a half years of Radiant Church. Thank God for that. And the second thing we need to remember is what God has done in you. It's easy to see all the miracles that God's done here in us as a church but God's done something in the individual lives of every person here. It's why you're here. If God hadn't done something in your heart at some point, you wouldn't be here right now. You'd be doing something else. But for every single one of us that's made a decision to follow Jesus, God miraculously revealed himself to you. And you had this awareness of who God was, of how great his love was for you, and the beauty of the cross that God would come and that he would die for you. That's a miracle. When you look back through your own personal histories, uh, for me, my 36 years of life, even though it's easy at times to look at other people, I wish I saw God doing in my life what I see doing in his life or her life and things like that. It's really easy to compare and to forget about what God has done for us. Stir something up inside of yourself. 
Remember what it is that God's done for you. I think about the miraculous healings that I've had in my own life that I forget about. Isn't that funny? You can be miraculously healed and forget about it. Or you can have an, a miraculous encounter with Jesus and forget about it. Or God can use you in some way to give you a word of wisdom or word of knowledge or something for someone else and you just kind of forget about these things and it becomes commonplace for you. Remember the things that God has done in your life. Remember the ways that he's used you to be a messenger for his love. Remember the ways that the Holy Spirit has worked through you in miraculous ways for the kingdom. Because he's done it in every single one of us. We need to remember that. We need to thank God for it. And we need to let that fill us with faith for what it is that God's going to continue to do in us and what it is that God's going to lead us into. And that's the third thing, is we need to remember where it is that God's taking us. Your life has a purpose and a plan. This world has a purpose and a plan. This church has a purpose and a plan that we're all walking into. And for us as Radiant Church, we're moving, uh, we're getting our own building, which is awesome. And the purpose for that, the plan that God's working out in that, is that he's going to take us into a place where we're going to double in size from where we are now, and then we're going to double in size again, and we're just going to keep on growing, and someday we're going to have to get a bigger building, and we're going to have to do more services. Maybe we'll do campuses someday, but we're going to keep on reaching more people with the love of Jesus until every single person in our city has had that opportunity to respond. Until every single person in our city has had the opportunity to really hear and understand the love of Jesus presented to them in a way that is real, in a way that is driven by the presence of God himself. And until that happens, we need to keep planning more churches, starting more campuses, going out to the people around us more and more and more. Because what Jesus is doing is he's building a family. The family of God. What started out as one man, Abraham, turned into a family, which turned into a nation, which was then supposed to become a nation of priests that went to all the nations to invite everyone into God's family. We are the continuation of that. We are an extension of that. Radiant Church isn't just its own separate thing. We're a part of the church real worldwide made up of people from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every political affiliation, everything. Jesus is building a family. He paid a high price for his family. And that's what we're giving ourselves to as Radiant Church is to continue to invite people in, to continue to make more places for more people to find the love and the acceptance and the forgiveness and the life-transforming power of Jesus inside of them. It's what we are going to give ourselves for and nothing else. And we need to remember how it is that we're going to get there. This is what God tells them, that if you're going to walk into the plan and the purpose that I have for you, if you're going to walk into the fullness of my blessing, you need to make sure that you obey. It's really easy to say, God, I want all that you have for me. I just don't want to have to do what it is that you ask me to do. But God's blessing is always tied to our obedience. To the level that we're willing to be obedient to what it is that God's called us to will be the level to which we experience his blessing. Now, his love is not tied to any of that. His love is for every single person, whether you're following him wholeheartedly or rejecting him wholeheartedly. His love for each of those two people is exactly the same. But the blessing that you receive in your life is completely different. God says, as you walk into this land, don't forget about me, but remember to obey everything I've called you to. He says that you need to continue to fear me. We need to continue to hold God with such a holy reverence and respect that we will obey everything that it is that he calls us to. 
so that we can walk into that blessing. Because it says that he has, he's using us to walk into this blessing of all the nations. That's his heart. He says, I've made a covenant with you and I need you to be obedient to me and to walk in the fear of the Lord so that this covenant can be carried out and so that people all around the world can receive new life from me. And it says that we need to remember to praise him. When we experience his blessing in our own life, when we experience his blessing in Radiant Church and what he's doing in us, we need to remember that he's the one who did it and that we are so incredibly grateful for that. We're so thankful. And Jesus, we're going to praise you with our life because of all of the things that you've done for us. God, we're going to praise you because you're not the God who's abandoned humanity, but you entered into history to save us. And then we need to remember what happens if we forget what God has done. It says this in Deuteronomy 8, 19 through 20. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. Now that doesn't seem very, like, godish, does it? Like, you're going to destroy... Like, your people in the church? Well, yeah, if we read through the book of Revelation, and there's the seven letters that Jesus is sending out to the churches, and he's saying, you need to remember to do this. Return to your first love. You need to repent. You need to obey. You need to do these different things, because if you don't, it says that your candle's going to be snuffed out, and that's symbolic, talking to the fact about the church won't exist. Well, 2,000 years later, those churches don't exist, because at some point along the way, they forgot God They stopped obeying him. They stopped walking in reverent fear of God. They abandoned their first love. They abandoned the mission that God had called them to. They started worshiping other idols. And for us, idols don't look like it did to them maybe, but we still have idols that we worship. Church growth can be an idol. Our careers can be idols. Political causes can be idols. Our family can be an idol. And when we start to worship other idols and give our hearts to other things, other than what it is that Jesus called us to, we end up walking into destruction. Radiant Church has to outlive us. For the babies that are in the wombs here, that haven't even breathed that first breath, they have no idea what Radiant Church is. Radiant Church needs to be bigger, it needs to be stronger, it needs to be healthier and more influential when they're the ones that are running this church than it is now that we are. And it needs to be even healthier when they pass it off to their children and to their grandchildren and the great-grandchildren that come after them. We can't have a a two-year, a five-year, ten-year even vision. The vision can't be for what happens under our leadership. The vision for Radiant Church is that we're a small part of what God is doing around this world in this small little piece of history in which we exist. But it's connected to something much larger. And Jesus paid so high a price that we can't afford to give our lives to anything else 
other than making him known and knowing him ourselves. We can't abandon the mission of the church to make disciples to pursue anything else. We can't make what we are when we gather here as a church something different than worshiping Jesus and continuing to encounter him and allow him to come and to speak to us and to change us. We can't let it change the fact that here we're trained and equipped and empowered to go out and to do the work of evangelism. There are so many people who are around us who are so far from Jesus and every what Jesus has done, he shed his own blood so that they could receive everything that we've already tasted of. But we become a barrier to that when we go after other things, when we make church about something else than what it was that God created it to be. And if we go after these other things, then Radiant Church eventually will not exist. If you go after other things in your own life, Take Radiant Church out of the equation, but what you're spending your life pursuing right now, the idol that you're going after, what is the thing that you're most concerned about? What's consuming your time, your thoughts, your energies? What are you putting your hope in? Because if it's something other than making disciples and going to the hurting, the broken, and the lost so that they can receive life and healing and restoration, then we're missing out on the great thing that God has for us and we're keeping other people from receiving what Jesus died so that they could have. That can't happen in Radiant Church, and it can't happen in our lives. What God wants to do in Radiant Church is too important to let it go away. What God wants to do in your life is too important to just toss it to the side. We have to embrace who it is that God called us to be. We have to come back to the heart of who we were called to be. We have to let something be stirred up inside of us to say, God, I remember what it is that you've done. And your family... God, I remember what it is that you've done inside of my own life. Jesus, I remember where it is that you're taking me, what the purpose of my life is. I remember how it is that I'm going to get there by being a person of faith and a person of obedience. And God, I remember what's going to happen if I ever turn my back on those things. We're Radiant Church. Individually, we're daughters and sons of the living God. Created to reign and rule with Christ Jesus himself. Created to be those who take on the most important thing that any of us could ever do. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. As we move into this new blessing that God's provided for us, let's re-up, let's recommit to this, Let's make this the passion of our hearts. Let's make this the thing that we're willing to, to bleed, to sweat, and to cry over. That Jesus would be made famous in our city. And that those who are walking in darkness would see a bright light. So that life would come to those who are living as dead people. So that the lamb who was slain would receive the reward of his sacrifice. So that when we step into eternity and we stand before Jesus on his throne, we say, Jesus, this is the gift that I give you. It was that I poured out my life for you. My life was about bringing others into the family. And so that we hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I'm living for. And that's what we have to live for together. And let's pray this morning. Father, thank you 
Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you that you didn't just let me get what I deserved, but you took on all of the penalty for my sin yourself so that I could have all of the blessing that you deserve, Jesus. God, this morning, we as individuals and we as a church, we recommit to you. We recommit to following after you, to getting rid of everything else in our life that distracts us from what we were made to do. God, from every other thing that we've been more passionate about than we've been about you. Jesus, we want to be everything that you created us and that you've called us to be. And Jesus, we pray that you would use us to go to the hurting, to the broken, to the lost, to the rejected, to the despised, to the oppressed. God, that you would give us words, bold words, uh, your words to speak to them, God. Lord, that there would be something that the Holy Spirit stirs up inside of their hearts that leads them to that place where they believe that you are good and your goodness leads them to repentance and hope and faith is put in you and in you alone. And God, that you would start a new work inside of them to transform them into your image. Jesus, that when they set foot inside of radiant church, that they would know your love, that they would know your acceptance over them. God, that there would be something that's stirred up inside of them that just compels them to pursue you and to encounter you. Jesus, we pray that Radiant Church would be a place where your presence is thick and where it's tangible. God, where people come in, people that aren't even believers, but they come in and they say, surely the living God is in this place. God, that it wouldn't be by our clever arguments or, or anything that we do that people put their faith and trust in you because they've encountered you and you alone, that you would be be the one who ministers to their hearts. And Jesus, would you continue to put courage in us? Would you continue to put faith in us, Jesus? Would you continue to create us to be a people who sacrificially love others? And Jesus, as we move into this new building, we pray that you would cause us to grow, God, that it would be a place where so many people, where thousands of people come to find you and to find life and to find family. Jesus, that you would do the miraculous there. And Jesus, as we do that, will we always be so humbled by the fact that you've included us in your plan and so in awe of you and everything that you alone are doing. And will we always give you thanks and praise for that. God, there's no one who's like you. There's no one else who's worth giving our lives for. Jesus, lead us as Radiant Church to everything you've called us to be. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys ready to cross the river? Walk into God's provision for us? I'm excited. Well, hey, if you're new here, thank you so much for being here. You are our guest today, and we're so honored that you came here. And uh, you might have received a communication card when you came in. If not, they're at the information table. I'd love to have you fill one of those out, turn it in. We have a free radiant t-shirt for you as our gift and a way to say thanks for being here. And this week, I'll send you an email welcoming you to the church and let you know how you can get a hold of me if there's anything that we can do for you at all. And then also remember, Easter's coming up in two weeks. Is that right? Two weeks. Oh my goodness, that's coming up fast. We'll be in our new building for that. Yes! And we're going to have two services that day uh, because there's two reasons. One is lots of people come to church on Easter and we want you to invite all of your friends and families and people that, whatever, like just invite people to come to church on Easter. We're going to do everything we can to help them encounter Jesus and present the gospel as clearly as we possibly can. It's a strategic time. So invite and pray. Say, God, who should I invite? And then invite them to come to 9.15 or the uh, 10, sorry, 9 o'clock or 10.45. I'm going to go to the picture. 9 o'clock and 10.45. That's where we're having our services. So get there to one of those services. And then also remember that we are moving. If you come here next week, 
you will have to pay to get in. So come visit us at our new home. We're so excited about that. We've been working there all week. I mean, it's crazy. Some of the people have been living there, I think. Uh, and it's funny, when you get a building, uh, like, okay, this looks all right. We're going to do some renovation. And then it looks absolutely terrible. And you think, what did we do to this place? And now it's starting to look better again. So we can't wait to have you come out and to see it, to be there with us. And to help you remember, we have invite cards for you that have our new location on there. So as you go out the door, you're going to receive two invite cards. One is for you so that you know how to find us. And here's the other thing, too. There will be signs there. It's a little bit tricky because it's back behind the Kroger. So if you see the Kroger, you're almost there. It's back behind it. We'll have signs everywhere for you so it's easy. And then the other one is to invite someone else to come with you. Because if we're going to reach people, if we're going to make this the place where everyone comes in to receive Jesus, then that means that we need to own up to the fact that we have to be those that are inviting people to come with us. Why did you come to Radiant Church? If you're a Christian, you might have looked on a website for like Church Ann Arbor, Michigan and found us. But if you weren't a Christian when you came here, it was because someone invited you. That's the number one way that people come to a church. It's because someone who loves them and has influence in their life says, please, Come to church with me. I think you're going to love it. If not, there's Zingerman's Coffee, so at least you've got that. <laughs> but invite. Pray about who you can invite to come with you next week. We're actually going to have Zingerman's Pie to celebrate. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Invite them then and invite them for our 9 or 1045 service on Easter. And we're going to see God do amazing things. But man, if you can be there next week, come be with us. It's always so much fun, that first day in a new place. Come be with us. I invite the prayer partners to come forward. They'll be in this uh, middle front section here. If we can pray with you about anything at all, we would love to pray with you. If it's, you have need for something, if God's been speaking to you this morning, if, if you want to uh, you know, recommit your life to following after Jesus, if you need help forgiving someone, healing in your body, provision, wisdom for decision, whatever it might be, come and let us pray for you and let God enter into that equation and do something miraculous. If not, go eat a snack. Drink some coffee, enjoy perusing some movie posters because this is the last week of it. And I'll see you all at our new home at 410 South Maple next week. God bless.